How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going today, Dave? I think good overall. Mm-hmm. I got to get in a walk, had some food, been did playing use, a new game. Did you use the walk for the food? Uh, it was the other order. Oh, okay. I was making. Oh, are you asking that I walk to the food? Or no, I was, I was oh, doing like W-O-K. Walk. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't. I don't have that yet. That's fair. Maybe soon. If you're an ambitious listener, <laughs> you can send Dave a walk. <laughs> no, I, I don't need more cooking implements. I have a lot that I underutilize as is. Mm. But man, do I love food. Food is pretty good. We recently, did, you, did you eat today? I did eat some food. I had um, a wawa. <laughs> so I got like, they, they have a, a chicken parm like charity thing, which is pretty good. Um, I'm going to look up exactly what it is. Um, Do they donate chicken parms places? I mean, that sounds pretty good, right? I don't uh, know how else I'd interpret that. It's like I buy chicken parm. They donate chicken parm somewhere else as well. Whatever you don't eat of the chicken parm gets donated. Yeah, I don't know exactly what this product was now that I'm looking at it. Um, because it doesn't... like. I look up charity and the articles are from two years ago. I'm like, hmm. Probably not that actually, but that's all right. It was uh, it was pretty delicious though. Their chicken parms are good, um, and we got two of them. It was a good time. Um, nice. It's less interesting than like actually baking or talking about baking. We made moki cake, which yeah. was a lot better once it was cold. Not eating it hot, I think, helps the gelatin type of texture to be a little less repulsive. I cannot imagine. Hot Moki. Yeah. Yeah. So like recently I did try, is it Don Don? Dan Dan? Um, It's like rice balls on a stick, essentially. Ooh, that sounds pretty good. So I wasn't super crazy about it. It was more so the sauce with it was nice because it was very teriyaki umami in that family. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But teriyaki's good. Yeah. Umami is usually what I say when I get teriyaki also. So. <laughs> Umami. <laughs> people people have stopped inviting me. <laughs> places. But like it was just kind of a plain rice ball on its own. Mm-hmm. And I mistakenly just kind of put the whole thing in my mouth. And mm-hmm. then like I tried chewing and my mouth was like, bro, we need to start breathing <laughs> through our nose. We <laughs> fucked up. Um, so maybe if it was flavored because like it was kind of like hot and fresh mm. um, hot and fresh out the kitchen i'm not doing this right now no? No? Okay. <laughs> that's fair but i am thinking about the lyrics as i'm trying not to say them <laughs> because it was like a, a cultural thing in in my youth but Ooh, yeah you roll in that body we <laughs> 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 got every man in here wishing um <laughs> Yeah, I like rice stuff, but I feel like it needs either like a sauce or it needs to be flavored as a part of what it is. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like, I, I'm not just eating plain rice. Put yeah, some sauce it, on that shit. It's got to have sauce or something. I do like rice as the um, as the carb, though. Protein plus rice. It's probably a pretty good time with some sauce. 
I mix up a lot of dishes and they're Chicken, usually pretty rice. good. <laughs> <Yeah>. Teriyaki, yes. <laughs> and we'll throw in broccoli so you'll think it's healthy. Mm. It's got that green color. Just spray paint the rice. So. Oh, I'm, I thought you were going to go the chicken. I was like, rice is probably better. <laughs> Green chicken and rice. It's like off-brand doctors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I'm thinking about food stuff. I think for dinner, I got some patties. Beef variety. Right. Th- that I might try and cook up on a pan. Hmm. Maybe put one of them in a roll. Ooh. Interesting. But not, but not make two burgers because carbs. Right. Carbs are mostly what I eat. It shows. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's, that's why we do an audio-only podcast. <laughs> Rolling in on, to this episode of the Simpsons. <laughs> the blob. The hardest part is just getting Jake to a physical location where the mic can reach him uh-huh, yeah. as he's still on the toilet. <laughs> oh, that's not a, not a pretty image whatsoever. No, I was, for, for the sake of the joke, I'm imagining, you know, those over the top stretch arms where like the joints kind of ladder out and in. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you do a fully extended grabo arm, but it's uh, with the mic and it's like gotcha. going through like rooms and hallways. Oh, uh, that's terrifying. Speaking of body horror, uh, <laughs> this week's episode's about Lisa. I'll, I'll give you points for the transition. It's definitely a part of the game. Yeah. A lot of this, I feel, I put in the category of that's the kooky nonsense involved in the game. Mm -hmm. But everything in the game, there's still some kooky nonsense. But I'd say majority of the things that they put in the game do have a reason. It's not just completely asinine. Yeah, I guess like... So we should preface probably uh, at least a little bit. So you... You got this game a while back. I think Donkey made a video on it a couple of years back or what have you. Yeah. You got this a while back and you're like, hey, you should pick it up. We should play it. We should have an episode on it. And I'm like, yeah, Dave. And then years passed. And or at least a year, I don't know, maybe six months. It was finally on sale, picked it up. And uh, I didn't expect it to be like an RPG maker game, but they cover that pretty well. Like it's heavily customized compared to your average RPG maker game. Yeah, you you know the ones that you see on Steam where it's like, these are some generic fucking assets. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's an RPG. Person used attack. Their health went down three points. I'm like, bro, I've made this shit in MS Paint from time to time. Yeah. But no, it yeah. definitely feels like a full-fledged standalone game. Yeah. What I didn't know, though, is that it's actually part of a series. Mm-hmm. So what we went through is Lisa the Painful Yes. But it's just said as Lisa on the store page. But there is a prequel, aka the original one, called just Lisa, I think. Yeah, Lisa the First. Lisa the First. So apparently there was That's, that's when you know they're going to make more. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then afterwards, there's Lisa the Joyful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like those other things definitely add more context to mm-hmm. the game. Um. But yeah. I feel as a standalone, you can still get a lot of what's going on. Yeah. I think it also like so the main things that come from the other games aren't 
aren't necessarily a massive explanation of everything that's going on. This is definitely, it takes place in like a wasteland sort of post-apocalyptic Mad Max-like society um, where kind of anything goes, weird humor, uh, very interesting characters that are very, very odd. Um, And that's not really explained as far as I can tell based off what I saw in the other games either. So it's as good an entry point as any. The only thing that really um, comes into play here is the other two games are like shorter. This is like the more feature length game mm-hmm. and uh, main character is named Brad or Bradley and, and this one. And he um, makes references to a tragedy that took place in Lisa the first. And they don't elaborate what that tragedy is at, at, like at all in this game, but the first game is entirely about it. Yeah, so uh, spoilers for that game, as we'll probably touch on it at least yeah. once. But yeah, this is very much a side-scrolly RPG-type game. Mm-hmm. And uh, anytime you die, you have to restart from a save point. Yes. So if you haven't saved... Sucks. Yeah. Um, it's very much the, the old style of game where it's like, let me know when you want me to copy that save data down somewhere. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's all all void. Yeah, and it's got a a, a pain mode uh, that you have the option to opt into pretty early in like the prologue that opens up some scenes you wouldn't otherwise see in the game. Um, so there's exclusive content and boss fights and things like that that only show up in pain mode but you can only use save points once it explodes after you use it (laughs) so there's literally a limited number of times you can save in pain mode damn what i i don't like that idea spoilers i didn't play on pain mode (laughs) same Uh, what is interesting though is even without pain mode at least from my experience, because I, I was not good at it. Uh, the game is very brutal mm-hmm. in that it's not set up for you to win and thrive. Mm-hmm. So save points are to save your data. And then there are rest points where right. if you want to get like full party heal type thing. Bonfires, but, basically. <laughs> yeah. Literally, actually. <laughs> but the the full party heal always has a chance for something to go wrong. Mm-hmm. So maybe when you wake up, if it's not a protected location. Yeah. I think uh, maybe are the only protected spots. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you have to go back and find one or risk the element, so to speak. I remember one time I'm like, oh, let me rest here. And then my party awoke and was all poisoned because the snake had bit us in the night. Yeah. Or... You wake up, it's like, hey, one of your party members has been stolen. There's just a ransom note on the ground. Yeah, so you have to then go pay to get them back. Mm-hmm. Or you don't get them back. Yeah. Right? Um, and if you There's say, like, expensive. hey, I'm not going to pay, they will kill your party member. Yeah. This is something that's pretty frequent throughout the game. It's like, do you value your RPG party enough because you'll be in situations where it's like that, or maybe you have to make choices, as Jake was alluding to, mm. for do you want to keep your people or not? Like, right. How many times would you say that that happened to you throughout the game? 
that you had an explicit choice that could cost you people or how many people did i lose or opportunities to lose people i'd probably say opportunities to lose party members i think like if you count per party member instead of a distinct event i probably could have lost seven or eight people across my playthrough damn yeah Yeah, and there's like there's like 15 party members or something total throughout the entire game yeah it's if anybody remembers shining force a game i'd never get to reference but occasionally do with intro music it's um very much you'll have canon party members that you'll kind of pick up along the way but then there will be a lot of optional characters that if you go out of your way maybe you'll have to do some type of check or side quest Mm -hmm. or just handle the interaction a specific way and they'll be like cool i'm a part of your party yeah but like from at least what i saw of jake playing and from what i played uh, missed missed a whole bunch. Yeah, they're they're all over the place. There's a surprising amount of side optional content. Mm-hmm. Did you opt into a whole lot? Yeah, I did most of the side content. Some of it is locked behind pain mode, but um, I did a lot of like there's there's an optional like trash island which I did not a lot of content there, um, and you can kind of brute force the story. The story takes place across three acts, like three distinct areas, and then sort of like a final sort of epilogue home run sort of segment. Um, And there's a lot of side paths and things like that that could lead to gear, party members, uh, optional boss fights, things like that, which is cool. I like that design. Um, I think like it's nice to have the option to either try to like press forward or be the super explorationist trying to find I realized that explorer is a word but I said explorationist instead <laughs> uh, trying to find everything yeah it's it's rewarding though because uh, at least from what I've seen uh, every single character is different so like combat across the board there's definitely your standard RPG attack defend use item use magic but every single character plays differently. So like your main character, Brad has like fighting stances he can do. And when those fighting stances, it essentially equates to inability. If you input the right commands or you can select the skill directly, which I think Mm. is less damage. Right. The trade off. Yeah. Cause if you manually input the like, cause we, I think keyboards, the default, um, if, if the combo is like ADDS or something like that, then you would do damage for every input ADDS versus if you pick it in the skill thing, you only do the damage for the final skill. Gotcha. So you get all of the fault, the preceding hits yeah. if you put it in manually. But I think him and L rage mm-hmm. uh, use stances kind of like that. Uh, but then there's an archer then there's a guy who specifically puts like buffs or debuffs on people. Yeah. Then there's Terry Hints, mm-hmm. who is actually really good. He's actually great. Um, I, I was watching part of a playthrough and he was just putting out the highest damage. Yeah. But in my playthrough, I uh, he died. He died pretty early. <laughs> yeah. I gave him up to some bandits. And then later had to face him as like a like mid game boss because he joined them. <laughs> Terry the terrible, right? Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, it's, I don't know. It's really unique as far as all the combat stuff. I feel like I never fully learned all of the mechanics as far as buffs and debuffs. Mm-hmm. Now there's there was a crazy amount. I took a picture actually of the buffs and debuffs because I was like, I'm gonna need to reference this, and ultimately I didn't. But there was a bunch that stood out. There's like that are non RPG normal, mm-hmm. like crying is one, <laughs> which uh, is like it's like a debuff, but it like can help you generate TP if your character has the option to cry <laughs> like at will. <laughs> then there's depression, which is bad. There's um joy which is if you're taking like the drug joy which i don't know if this was stolen from like uh we happy few no or if this came first nobody fucking took anything from that fucking game but it is exactly like sort of the same take this drug fit in be happy so it's kind of interesting that it has a literally the same name proper down but could be a real life connotation there i also just have not seen but anyways and then there's like withdrawal so certain characters are addicted to joy and if they're not on it then they suffer debuffs to their stats um i didn't i didn't use any on my playthrough because i didn't feel like i needed to and i was curious what happens if you don't partake of the drug and there is actually an extra scene at the end of the game which is cool um but it basically guarantees like for certain characters it more or less guarantees crits if you have a guy that has a special attack where he hits like 10 times, you can do like 7,000 damage. Oh, with just God. amp them up on joy first and let them solo a boss. It's crazy. Also, There's what's also... interesting is... Um, so like we're talking about like damage and buffs and debuffs. Uh, if I'm still remembering correctly, a lot of them don't actually show. Like you never know an enemy's health bar for like, oh, should I use this big attack? Or should I save the mana and just like kick him in the shins a couple times? Right. You don't fucking know. Um, you don't know his health bar. But you do know his buffs if you go to select him, if he's going to be attacked. Okay. So the buffs there's little icons show. for him. So you would have to know what the icons mean, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like if somebody is stunned, for example, or knocked down mm-hmm. or possibly flammable and you then get to set them on fire. Cool. That's yeah. good stuff to know if you want to optimize. The uh, I actually found... So I was wrong. There's apparently 30 possible companions, but a lot of them are kind of hard to find. I don't know if all of these were for this middle Lisa game, Lisa the Painful either, but my favorite companion, I think uh, I think it's Birdie is his name. I'm pretty sure it's Birdie. He, um, he has to, his auto attack move, his attack in the RPG Maker action list is uh, like take a sip of alcohol. <laughs> so he just, and that's the only way he generates TP. And then he can spend that TP for a party-wide heal, um, which is good. Uh, or he can like uh, spit the alcohol like on the enemy and like oil, give them the oil debuff, mm-hmm. which makes them vulnerable to fire. So you put him in your party, and then a bunch of people that do fire moves and just blow the enemy up. So good. Yeah, I think I used him for a little bit. I just like because he's very much a he's like the town drunk, but mm-hmm. like from the pioneer days, like that guy you'd see in like the old Western movies, you're like, oh, it's that guy. And like everyone knows his name. He's he's the town drunk. Yeah. It's really good. 
I also, I, I had a guy um, named uh, Geese Thompson who has like a goose head. He's just like, he, he has like, you, you know how people wear horse heads or whatever, yeah. the, um, the masks. He has that as like a goose <laughs> <laughs> and it's unequipable in his inventory. You can't like remove it to see what it looks like. Oh, it's, it's slotted, you mean? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's like a cursed item or permanently equipped to him in the head slot but he has like all these pack attacks and things like that and he had poison which is also a really much like dark souls <laughs> uh dots and things like that can be really powerful nice um so usually my strategy was try to like get all the dots on enemies and then if they're vulnerable to some sort of cc hit them with like trip or stun or something like that so that um they don't use an instant kill move on my party. <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely some enemies that are more difficult. But it's really hard, again, it's very hard to gauge uh, what's coming at you until mm-hmm. you get hit by something. Yeah. Because throughout the game, I feel there's not random encounters at all. Uh, there's There are areas where they exist, but they're like the swamp. When you're running, okay, there's over. like snakes technically, yeah. and it's always like usually like a bush on the map. There's just a chance when you walk over the bush that you'll fight a snake. Okay. And I really, I didn't like those segments. I didn't think they added anything to the no. game at all. So thank you for correcting me there. Um, but outside of that, I'm gonna amend my statement to say yeah. there are no random encounters. Yes, um, everything is scripted mm-hmm. as far as you're gonna have these enemies here, but. Every time you fight those enemies outside of like the random caves or snake shit, yeah, uh, they're different. A lot of them will be like thugs and goons. Some of them will be terrifying monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them are more set piece type boss fights. Yeah. And like certain characters, like, do you remember the bulldozer section? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So at some point in the game, you get a bulldozer and you're just like plowing through enemies and it seems just like a vehicle section. I'm not even sure they were enemies. I think they were just construction workers. Oh, the game's just well. like you get experience for running <laughs> over people in a bulldozer. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't get experience if they were good guys. Right? <laughs> right. But at a point, like you run into another person in a bulldozer and then you get like a three minute backstory about their life. Yeah. And then you fight them. <laughs> And uh-huh. you don't get that for everybody. And it's not necessarily part of game lore. It doesn't yeah. add anything. But they're just like, hey, let's flesh this out a little bit. I love that that guy's backstory was also like, he spent his entire life trying to be like a bulldozer specialist. Like he got his like uh, tech- technician's diploma or whatever in bulldozering because he claimed a diploma that was for another person thinking that they like typoed his name. And then the other person came in right after him and <laughs> was like, hey, where's my diploma? <laughs> it's like his, he couldn't save his wife. His wife died because he had to, like, use a bulldozer to, like, save her. And then it just flash forwards to her funeral. <laughs> just like, ugh. And then you fight the guy. Yeah. Well, by the way, the guy doesn't want to fight. He's like, hey, I'd really rather not to do this. Let me just back this bulldozer up and get out of your way and then he steps on the gas again yeah, because he doesn't know terrible. how to operate it <laughs> but That's it's really like good. 
the game has so many little instances like that, whether it's through combat or through other means where you don't know what to expect at any given point. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was a lot of the draw. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. through Donkey's video, you get to see instances of that. Or when you first meet Nern mm-hmm. and he starts like telling you a story and you're like, oh, this is going on a bit. Let me skip. And you think you're done. And then it keeps going. Yeah. Or when, when you walk thing away. Where you try and, yeah. And he's like, oh, you're walking away with the posture of someone who wants to hear more of my story. <laughs> and then just goes into it. Yeah. Like the writing is just really good. I feel like a lot of it, I appreciate more so of the, the comedic sides of it. Mm-hmm. Nern is actually relating hilarious. to everything that's dark and crazy. Because Nern almost tells you actual story plot about like the before times or what actually happened. He mentions like the white flash, which you barely ever get references of. Um, where like all women vanished from the world or died or something. But he then he then he just derails into his own personal stupid story, <laughs> and he keeps <laughs> he keeps swearing at his wife, and then saying "God rest your soul." It's really good. Yeah, it's there's so many like little much. little pockets of things like that. Mm-hmm. Do you have any specific favorites? I mean, mentioning Nern makes it makes it pretty good. Terry Hanks is also great. I know we referenced him a little bit. Um, and just his whole uh, back and forth with um, encountering him later with like the changed name and he's no longer trying to give you hints about all this is good. Um, I'm trying to think who else. There's another guy who only can't remember exactly what his companion name was, but he only speaks in rhymes. Maybe it was Goose actually, um, which is kind of funny. And then there's just a lot, a bunch of nobodies. There's just like guys that some out of certain circumstance end up joining your party. And they're just like, it's just a guy. He's not like a great fighter or anything. It's basically a guy. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's good. It really is. I'm trying to think of like a specific one. Like a, Full a disclaimer, I did not play the entire game. Mm-hmm. I played Minor disclaimer, it. I used to guide. <laughs> <laughs> we cheated, we're sorry. <laughs> uh, but basically, I played on and off mm-hmm. for maybe like a month or two. But I feel like it's much better of an experience to sit down and play it in bigger chunks. Mm-hmm. versus i play for like an hour or two at a time come back like a week later and then be like i don't remember what i was doing what i was where i was supposed to go so it was hard to get back on track of like i'm into the game i'm into the story yeah because there's no like hey go here it's like you figure that shit out based on the npcs you've already talked to I'm like uh-huh. two weeks ago though so i forgot it's really not a good game for that unfortunately like there's there's a lot of connected... This is a gripe. This is one of the gripes I have for the game. It's an indie game. I'm going to have gripes. It's not going to be perfect. Not that AAA games are gripe-proof and are perfect either, right? But tons of areas are connected by caves. And that's fine on its own. But it is. it just kind of does add to the length of the game. 
and it does make it really hard to spatially keep track of how all these areas connect with no map and the game has no map so you enter an area and it's like hey there's five exits and they all go to caves you're like I, what am i gonna do here right maybe you gotta do the old king's quest strat do you remember the days of king's quest i didn't play but i'm f- familiar with it what do you okay. think uh, in King's Quest, I think it was seven. There's a sequence where you have to go across the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, they all look the fucking same. All of the <laughs> tiles you go through. Um, and you don't really have any reference. You just kind of have to plug and play, figure that shit out. So I remember like writing down on a piece of paper, like I went right, and then I went right, and then I went yeah. up. And then it's like, it's re- literally just trial and error, mm-hmm. which I don't usually like in games so much. That seems fair. <laughs> but I mean, like you could write down this connects to here. Right. I did play it through in like fewer sessions. I think I finished it in like three sessions or something like that. And I got more in- interested in the game the longer it went on, which is kind of reverse. You know, the game should try to pull you in pretty early, but I don't know. It started to grow on me a little bit more as I continued to play. Um. And then I didn't have as many tr- as much trouble remembering areas. I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure I go through this dark cave through this place, and that takes me out to this other area, and then whatever. But I can't imagine playing it in like single hour chunks or two hour chunks over a long period of time because I would lose all of that context. I heavily goofed. <laughs> heavily goofed. Yeah. Um, I guess we haven't talked at all about the story. Um, which the game does explicitly like hit you with at the beginning. They're like narrative sequence <laughs> go. <laughs> right. Um, do you want to, do you want delving in? Yeah. Yeah. So you play as Brad. Um, when you start the game, this is all post the white flash, mm-hmm. which was some catastrophic event. Um, but there's no women anymore. It's very much, a lot of guys in the Badlands. Mm-hmm. So you find a child, which kind of implicates that there must be a lady somewhere because yeah. how'd this kid get here? <laughs> um, because like when you started the game, sorry, like when you have flashback sequences to the before times, it's been 20, 30 years, right? So finding a kid is like a huge fucking deal. Yeah. Um, so you as Brad because of the previous events in the first game, you feel responsible and you want like a second chance to redeem yourself. So you're like, Oh, I will take care of this kid. Yeah. And then you find out that the kid's a girl and you're like, Oh, this is, this could be bad right? because all guys, no women. Yeah. So he becomes very protective and fatherly and him and his friends mm-hmm. for a number of years, hide and protect the child and like take care of it. Yeah. And like then, straight up, like they dig out like a tunnel or a, a hidden room underneath yeah. like his house where she lives and grows up and makes wall drawings and stuff. It's, it was basically four men and a baby. Yeah, um, it's two guys, a girl, and then other two guys. I think was the show. Yeah. <laughs> People, yours is I don't a know longer. If two guys, title, a girl, but... in the pizza place references still land. Oh. <laughs> 2020, 2021. <laughs> No, you can you can say pizza place. I'm like, I got you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, like you see 
from like the early sequence because she's so sheltered all the time she wants to get out and like explore the world she's yeah. very much kind of trapped inside so i think one day you as brad who's still like coping with all the events of the before that we don't really know too much about mm-hmm. he goes off to take the drug joy kind of away from the house uh and it makes you feel really good and in game it makes you essentially invincible in combat yeah where you just don't take damage and you have better chance of crits but when he wakes up he meets terry hints our boy terry and then he goes back to the house to find like one of his friends who is dying and then nobody else is there basically some people came and took your your effectively adoptive adopted daughter buddy (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> Which is a funny name for a girl, but you know, whatever. Well, he first calls like, hey, it's okay, little buddy. Uh-huh. So it just became buddy because he didn't have a better name. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the overall plot is you trying to find and rescue buddy. Yeah, it's taken. The movie. <laughs> yes, the, the movie. The movie taken, yes. <laughs> so yeah. It, yeah. I was just going to say, like, there's a lot of this prefix, a lot of this preface is to, like, the relationship. Like, he makes a mask for her so when they go out that she won't be um, known as as a girl. And, like, it really focuses on the ways that he cares for her kind of in the opening, um, which I think narratively is cool because this all gets reinterpreted later. It's all like, oh, snap, looking back on that, him not letting her go out like at all unless it's for these like supervised walks and things like that. Yeah. She wouldn't interpret that. Well, would she, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's a a plenty good um, motivator to get out out there and explore the world. Yeah. Just to give Brad's thoughts context, the reason he wants to protect her and from everybody um, because she is the only girl he's worried that she's going to be used by men to essentially repopulate the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, she's just a kid that shouldn't be like chosen for her, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's very much driven to find his daughter to like get her back make sure she can still be protected. Yeah. So that's his whole thing. Yeah, exclusively like the protector role but his friends and the rest of rem- the remnants of society to some degree of degeneracy or just pragma- pragmatic um, perspective see her as the salvation of mankind because without her the human race dies out um, yeah I, and I would say a, a handful of people yeah. think that though yeah, I feel like in the Badlands, there's a lot more degeneracy. Mm-hmm. So, like one of the side characters you can pick up, everything that we're talking about is fairly early on, so I don't mind mentioning it. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably gonna spoil yeah, stuff was... later, anyways. But this do you remember when you pick up Fardy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go into this building and you see all these guys in the outside trying to like get in. It's like, oh, there's a girl in there who like we can have sex with. So that seems very much their driving motivator. Mm-hmm. But when you go in and like fight through some people, you find the girl that they're referring to, and it's just like an old fat 
truck driver guy who had a wig on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then when you pick him up and he joins your party, he has one move, which is called cry. Yeah. So (laughs) that's a lot of the people who you meet are very self-serving in that regard. Mm -hmm. But later on, you find out um, your friends who you've known since childhood are kind of like, hey, she should deserve to like make her own choices and be known. She should be made known of what her options are. Right. Mm-hmm. Which that, is something Brad's not willing to do whatsoever. Yeah. He wants to protect her completely. Protect her at all costs. Yeah. So he doesn't want her making a choice that could hurt her or he doesn't really want her to make the choice. Honestly, he's so protective that he wants to make the choice for her. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, you spend almost the entirety of the game chasing after trying to catch her. Um, there's a couple different like main groups that you interact with. One of them is like Rando's crew and uh, Rando's like, he's kind of like a Sith Lord or something. He's got like a black cape and a red mask. Um and I think I think the first time you run into him, you literally run into him and that you just completed a motorcycle segment. Yeah, you, you crash into him and then he apologizes to you and then gives you rations. Yeah, like eight rando rations. Those are full heals. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. But that's and again, it's very uncommon for Badlands type characters to be nice to another individual. Mm-hmm. Um, but he literally says... You. yeah his crew does not necessarily feel the same way like after he leaves they're like you kind of just took our fucking food yeah he's like you don't deserve his kindness (laughs) and then they're attacking yeah rando's crew which we don't know too too much about them as we go through Mm -hmm. uh there's buzzo's group who are like the smiling mask guys yeah and he's he's real serious yeah he's Basically, a sociopath who, every time you encounter him, uh, forces you to ingest the joy drug Mm -hmm. and then does something horrible. Like, we're talking about options before. There are Mm -hmm. times where it's like, hey, do you want to lose these party members or do you want me to remove your arm? Yeah. So, like, when you remove your arm, it literally gets removed. You have some of, like, your moveset as no longer an option because it's not like you can use that arm for anything. Yeah. Um, the night it's, it's literally a button on your keyboard too. So like your, your keys were like WASD. And if you like, if you have him remove your arm, you lose the S key mm-hmm. and your combos. So you can't, you can still cast them. I think fireball requires S and you can cast that from skills still, but you can't put it as like part of your combo input. So you can't get that bonus damage in. Yeah. That's really cool as far as a consistency thing that they're like, this arm actually does have a purpose. Yeah. But like, as you go throughout the game, there's a lot of instances like that where you run into that sociopath who makes you lose something yeah, or multiple things. And you can't fight him. He's an impossible boss fight. He's actually ridiculously strong. And if you do manage to beat him through literally cheating, the, the game gives you a game over anyways they're like you cheated here you go game over oh wow yeah that's intense um yeah (laughs) um yeah and he actually gives you uh an option later 
So the first one is lose a party member or lose an arm. I chose to lose an arm because I was like, eh, still have some good combos with one one arm. If you lose the second arm, you just have like bite attacks, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Yeah, um, bite and headbutt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that the, that option was the second time lose an arm or lose all of your possessions. But the game's like kind of bugged. It just takes your healing items and your money, and it unequips your gear. But you can just be like. Um, and then there's there's a really weird one so like the game has dark humor and some of it is like this would not exist in a more mainstream game like so there's an option where he's captured he's captured buddy and he's like hey ultimatum i will kill the three members of your party just have them gunned down in front of you, or I can like cut off her nipple. And that's weird. That's weird for me to say now in the podcast. It was weird when I played the game. And rest in peace, my party members, because I don't <laughs> I make weird decisions. And he's disgusted if you make that decision. Buzzo's just like, I think even less of you. You know, you can make no sacrifices. Yeah. It's I like that the game goes into heavier shit like you know from flashbacks like your dad was an abusive piece of shit Mm -hmm. and that probably influenced a lot of uh, your formative years yeah um but also like you're killing people constantly yeah so you're not averse to violence really at this point in the game but like you still feel a paternal nature towards buddy Mm mm-hmm so I like that they tie in like, hey, again, it's just a game. So do you want option A or option B? But from a gameplay standpoint, it's this won't affect my party at all. It's this child character will have part of their flesh removed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like I lose my actual party. Yeah. So it becomes like a how much of this is still gamified? We're like, well, this is going to hurt my progression versus am I actually just a shitty person? Yeah, yeah. And that's that's how the way Buzzo uh, presents it, too, is he's just like, he actually confirms with you after you make the choice. He's like, you're seriously making this decision. Like, this is just a flesh wound versus the lives of three men. And you're just like, yeah, you go with it. It's like, I hate you so much. <laughs> and he's like, all right, shoot them and moves on. So you, you killed your party there? Yes. Yeah, I did. Because um, I was just like, uh, I'm, I'm not com- These guys are all weirdos, and I know I have a bunch of party members. Let's, let's see what happens, I guess. The other option was more uncomfortable for me, and I guess this is the trolley problem. Three guys on one rail versus a nipple. And, like, <laughs> that's a very classic trolley, trolley problem. problem. <laughs> right? I think we all went over that one in school. But it's like, uh, Buddy's also like not that old. She's got to be like 10, 11, 12, something like that. Like not, it's hard to tell exactly how old everybody is. And she's wearing like a parka or something, but, and it's like a short character overall. Yeah, this is, this is all like sprites and pixel art throughout the whole exactly. game. So you, you can't really tell, but you're just like, that one feels more uncomfortable, right? To me. Yeah, it it definitely does. But again, it's like that level of 
attachment and humanity mm-hmm. versus like like Jake said, like you do have benched party members. So like he would lose his current party, but then he could reform his party, be like, who else is still alive? Back yeah, who's there? the B team? And like, yeah. <laughs> and like swap them in. Yeah. The game really doesn't pull any punches as far as like usually in games, your party's very much with you. And and this one, they're of a much more transient nature. Like the idea is loyalty actual loyalty is really rare and sometimes if you're like camping like out in the open not in an inn one of the random events you can get is just people desert you they just leave they just go back to whatever they were doing and they're gone from the game um and that kind of i think all of that kind of fed into that decision being a little bit less insane on my part as a justification, I guess, for letting three party members get gunned down instead of having Buddy be injured. Um, but it's also it's also definitely the choice Brad would actually pick based off of his options yeah. in the game. His whole modus operandi is, I don't want Buddy to be hurt in any way, shape, or form. I want to protect Buddy. Mm-hmm. So other people are kind of more of like a means to an end. So like the reason he has party members is like to help him kill people to get to his goal yes more so than anything else like there's not there's no point in the game where it's like oh remember that that one thing where everyone's hanging and drinking at the bar what good times we had swapping stories about the old days no yeah you don't have that they show up in combat otherwise it's like you move as brad moving throughout the the map or the world yeah and they're they're not really a part of it and Brad barely talks. Like the only people he really talks to are the main antagonists. I think like Rando a little bit and Buzzo a fair amount, and then the friends that he grew up with that ultimately uh, like left. Why um, you betray me? <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, like so, every character in the game, every companion um, has like an end of combat dialogue line and like level up dialogue line mm-hmm. and brad's is just ellipsis for both he doesn't say anything it's not his focus he's the silent murderous psychopath uh, out there to save his daughter um and the game really like it, it one thing i really like is it pushes like this ominous notion that brad's not really even in control of himself with the joy uh for one but there comes a part where he's inter- interrogating one of his friends who he's tied up against like a phone pole who ran off um, and wasn't giving him answers to find out where Buddy is because he, he ran off with Buddy or they ran off with, with Buddy. Um, and the guy starts to give him answers. He starts, he's like, okay, don't know more. Like, stop punching me. Stop beating me to death. He starts to give you answers and Brad cuts him off in the middle of the answers to continue to to, like beat him to death. And there's like a flash in the back. There's this red, like mother earthbound sort of like guy gas sort of like Sprite nonsense in the background that usually shows that he's having a super violent episode. Mm -hmm. And he legitimately like works against his goal inadvertently because he can't control his anger anymore. It's, 
it's great. It's a great dark yeah. plot or like dark themes. So one thing I wanted to mention with that, because from what I've seen of this, I kind of drew a corollary to Last of Us, mm-hmm. where later on in the game, you're Joel, you're trying to get Ellie back, and you want to just protect Ellie. But they're like, hey, we got to, you know, sacrifice for the good of humanity. And you're like, but what if I killed everybody instead? Yeah. And that's very much kind of what Brad's whole thing is. Um, But in both cases, you're very much if you want the game to progress, you have to go through that. So you have to kind of injure your friend there with that violent episode. Yeah. And other friends later on as well. And then at a point, even like your whole party is like, hey, listen, uh, it was a good run, but I feel like what we're doing is kind of crazy. We should just let her go, be free. And then you fucking fight your party. Yeah. And they don't fight back. Like they just, they're just sad. So like, what are your thoughts on games, or at least with this game, Mm -hmm. of having to go through with like this is what my character is doing in the game right i think you gotta you gotta earn it a little bit like it, it would be frustrating I, I to qualify that it'd be frustrating if playing as brad you got like to the end of the game and he fights his party and because for me at least i don't know if it like it works a little bit differently depending on your choices but for me like my party was just like she is the future of humankind. Like you can't, you know, keep kill everyone who is thinking rationally here. And then they actually like fought me. Um, and if that would have happened, but I felt like I couldn't understand the stance that Brad was taking and didn't have any like empathy or uh, empathy for what Brad was feeling in this case. It would have been frustrating, right? Nobody likes yeah. to like like kill off your party for no reason. Like that would be terrible in a game. But Brad like does so much foreshadowing to lead up to this. He leaves his party behind, right? To go off and try and save her himself. And when the guy that was literally helping him get across this body of water, he like has a little fan and he's like blowing the fan to like generate propulsion for the boat. When he's like, oh no, I like I'm here to like have sex with her. Uh, Brad kills him like instantly. <laughs> so Brad's like motivation at this point is completely ingrained in the character and his psychosis and his willingness to kill like his own party makes complete sense by the end of the game. So I feel like it was completely earned and that's important. Okay. So you think like th- the build up as the character made sense to justify that? Exactly. Yeah. Like, he sacrificed everything else to get to Buddy. Why would the people that have helped him get here be any different? Right? Yeah. It's a dark thought. I think it's a really good way to put it. It's Brad. Yeah. It's it's kind of slow as it goes, but, like, you do lose an arm. Uh, Spoiler, you end up losing the other arm, most likely. Mm -hmm. Um, If you you choose to give up the other arm. (laughs) And then, like, you're losing party members like all this bad shit's happening to you throughout the game but like you and the character are still driving forward like it can't all be for nothing and also like i have to protect buddy 
Yeah. He's basically... Brad has a, a Terminator sort of moment toward the end of the game where he's just, like, pushing through 30 guys all attacking him. And he's literally... The animations, we didn't talk really about the animations and moves and things. They're kind of silly, especially, like, El Rage, where he kind of, like, just throws himself at the enemies. And that's what my Brad was doing at the end of the game, too. He's just, like, running past, like, just like trying to body these groups of enemies and then sliding across the ground while being lit on fire to trip them. <laughs> and it's just, it's the stupidest stuff. That's the dark humor though, is it? it's at odds with what's actually happening, right? Yeah, it's, the game's really good of having it in a style where it's kind of, I guess, reminiscent to Earthbound where it's mm-hmm. very out there. It's not like, oh, this is a standard RPG setup. It's like, I kind of see what's going on. Right. But maybe you have some janky interactions uh, like rolling. Um, also, the music is oh, really good. out there. It's really good. A lot of it's like really fucking catchy. But you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if you remember the music from like the fitness club. Oh, my gosh. I immediately thought of the fitness club. Yeah. I, I, I'm probably using it for the intro, I'll be honest. Um, yeah. Like, they just have stuff like that where it's, like, a little bit chaotic. Mm-hmm. So, uh-huh. you're not... It's uh-huh. not... <laughs> <laughs> it's not, like, this constant, oppressive, like, this is the dark mood we're going for. Yeah. It's, like, the janky interactions and experiences along the way interspersed with, like, here's some pretty deep, heavy plot. Yeah. I think they do a really good job of balancing it to get to that point. It kind of reminds me of um, like the tone of old Fallout games where it was just like, this is a Monty Python sketch dealing with really dark themes or something like that, right? It's like there's hilarity on top of all of this, but you have to like separate in order for you to really appreciate the hilarity here. You have to separate your mind a little bit from what's happening underneath what's like presented like the under the under layers of what's happening are disturbing but we're going to put jokes on top of that so like have a good time with it and that's the game basically and, um, without balance it just becomes requiem for a dream and who yes, wants that that's exactly like i read the um the i read up on wikipedia once i was done with the game and a lot of the underlying theory uh themes of the series are very dark and disturbing (laughs) and but the game's not 100 percent that there's moments of levity and uh, hilarious jokes and great writing um and that just makes it an engaging experience where it's not like completely tonally consistent all the way through weird stuff's gonna happen and it'll be funny and terrible yeah it was a very good but unique experience mm-hmm. from from what little I played. Um, but like from what I watched Jake play and like the playthroughs I've watched. Mm-hmm. I still like it overall. Yeah. I My... don't feel the need to go back and play through it to have that exact experience. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's a worthwhile experience. What are your thoughts? I think like it's a game I... This is going to suck. It's a game I kind of like appreciate a bit. 
and I enjoyed the segments of the story that kind of like pulled me in. And then there's like all of this crap with like random encounters and like spending time going through caves. And like, I think there's enough time spent in the game where you're not interacting with the superior writing or some of the more interesting boss fights where overall, I don't know if there's a specific person I'd recommend the game to. (laughs) It's basically what I was going, going, building up to like, but it is still really cool for the world building and story. Um, I guess if you, if you could if you could stand like RPG Maker games, and you're like, if Undertale or something like that hit two hundred percent for you, and playing like a more classical standard explore a lot RPG can get you to like a hundred percent, this one will get to a hundred percent, and you should pick it up. But you do have to be ready for that kind of old adventure style game. I just need a pipe. Farm shadows. <laughs> Where's the pipe? Go find it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't rise quite to the level of like point and click nonsense. Like just combine all of these pieces together, but very much you don't have the thing. Go find the thing. Yeah. And farm shadows in the, uh, in the pitch black cave. It's like area one. It's like, or area two really early in the game. Best place to farm in the entire game. Do that, and everything else is a good time. <laughs> More handleable, at least. Yeah, I think if anybody likes to persist through RPG type games, uh, it's probably worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're just going there for like the quick memes you saw on Donkey's thing, still a good time, but like maybe get <laughs> it on sale. Because um, it is interspersed throughout the game. Yeah. For like a lot of what Donkey showed is fairly early on in comparison. Yeah. He also, I kind of, I really like that he did this. He misrepresents the game pretty hard. He shows oh, yeah. you all the like the jokes and the like, haha, F you moments and stuff like that and completely neglects all of the dark themes. So he's kind of in on it, I think. Oh, yeah. That was definitely an intentional choice. Mm hmm. But like that was enough to get me interested in the game because outside of that video, I hadn't heard fucking anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have friends who are like, you got to check this out. They're like, I think I've heard the name from the Simpsons yeah. or something. But yeah, it's really I don't I, I don't want to start a full discussion of this in like the last few minutes. Um, but an interesting possible follow up topic or something we could talk about is the nature of. I don't want to call them video game influencers, but like VIPs for gaming and how that can reflect the games that we actually buy. Like Dunkey, Seth, Mandalore, like they cover a game and you're like, that kind of looks good. Like, and you go out and you buy the game or it takes like an indie game that didn't have much coverage at all and it explodes. I think that could be an interesting topic. Yeah, it's, I definitely get it more so from that or, from like you or other people who I play games with, and like I trust your opinion on games. Right. We have similar interests. I consider myself something of an influencer, obviously. You know. oh, <laughs> oh <my laughs> uh, check out Jake's Instagram, please. <laughs> yeah, I don't have one. Um, but yeah, but yeah. I, I'm always gonna take somebody's recommendation if I know and trust and like them yeah. over just some random person's word of mouth. 
IGN gave this a nine. You're like, oh, great. I guess I'll pick it up. <laughs> Good thing it doesn't have any of those water levels. <laughs> oh, thank God. Ever since Ocarina of Time, never the same. <sighs> yeah. Anyways, I digress. That's a different episode. Um, what about you? Did you... I actually you already said you would recommend this to people who liked RPG type games. Do you have any final thoughts, words of wisdom for the audience, for our dear listeners? No. And as I, always, no. <laughs> I don't actually think I do today. That's good. All right. Stay healthy. Um, take a walk. Make food with walks. Play some games. And let us know if you have any ideas for future episodes. You can send those in at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or you could join the discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good day.